Make sure you get a handout. The handouts are being distributed. This is another one of those presentations where you'd probably be lost without it. And I'm also following the fire hose sort of approach where I'm holding up the fire hose and here we go. But you're here for 45 minutes and I feel like I ought to give you something that you can take with you on a variety of levels. So that's, that's part of the reason why we're doing this. Um, okay, who does not have a handout? Raise your hand. We'll make sure you get it. Okay, we've got some coming in back there. Make sure you have a handout. We've got some back there as well. All right. Good. Thank you guys for distributing those. Okay. Great. Blessings and struggles of differences in leadership. Um, now, some of this presentation comes out of my experiences in doing lots of team building among leadership teams and having used a lot of these profiles that I'm going to be talking about today in both my teaching as well as in my consulting. And uh, to give you an idea, um, you know, if you look at the instruments that are listed on page two, uh, spiritual styles, disc profile, team dimensions, conflict styles, leadership grip, Rip Berkman, Clifton Strengths, Berkman Signature Suite, Myers-Briggs Enneagram. I'm certified in all those instruments, and I use them at different places, different times. Uh, my most recent foray is into the Enneagram. Uh, that uh, is just a fascinating instrument. In my opinion, I'll be doing a, be participating in a significant training in March sponsored by a group out of South Africa called Integrative Enneagram 9 that is just really, really fascinating. So, you know, I'm fascinated by this kind of stuff. I mean, I, I, personally, I am. And, and it's not just the fascination that I have personally. Um, you know, for those of you who are familiar with Enneagram, how many of you in here are familiar with Enneagram at any level? I've got a few who are Enneagram folks. I'm a three-wing four and as a four, I, I have this obsessive interest in the individuality of persons. You know, I, I mean, I, I, I just, I do. I just, I, I, I like to get to know people, and when I'm getting to know them, it's like I'm just fascinated by how uniquely gifted this person is next to the other person and next to this person and then how it all works together. I mean, I, I know this probably, I, I know I'm sounding like a nerd with this kind of thing, but I, for those of you who know a little bit about the Enneagram, you'll understand why. I mean, I'm just, you know, I'm really, really, really interested in that. But I also am interested in this, you know, so it, it, it's, it's not like there's one of these that's really stronger than the other. One is just really, really fascinated by it. The other thing is, I've presented this to student groups, to leadership teams, to churches as a whole for years, and I see the scales come off people's eyes. You know, and they say, oh, that's why I do this. And you're not an idiot after all. 
that, that, that's the reason why you do this, because, you know, God sort of wired you that way. And, you know, I, I know God doesn't make mistakes, even though I would want to think that maybe that's a m- mistake. Uh, but it's not. I, I mean, I, I have to accept who and what you are in your behavioral style. Because I understand that alongside this potential weakness comes a strength. That when you manifest that strength, it's amazing. And so what I need to do is to create an environment where you can flourish. And we work together so that you can help to create an environment where I can flourish. And, you know, and, and to see that. And I think of another time that I was working with a group. It was a staff of 25 at one of our larger churches. And I did the DISC profile with them. And I put them on a team grid. And when I put them on the team grid, and I had all 25 of them up there on a team grid, they all sort of collected into SC. I mean, you're talking about an SC culture. It's more of an S culture than a C culture, but a very strong SC culture. And then they had this guy who was over here as their, you know, sort of the leader of the staff. And he was sort of the lone D. Right? Dominant, directive, you know, that sort of thing. Well, just being able to help that team understand that. Just being able to help them understand it. And understand how S's typically respond to D's and how D's typically respond to S's. Now, I know for some of you, that you're like, what, what in the world is he talking about? It's differences of personality styles. Disc, dominant, influencing, steady, and conscientious, and so on. I don't use these as a way of being able to say that, you know, in order to be an, a, a, a decent person, you have to have this profile. And if you have this profile, you're, an, you know, you're not. You know, you just, you know, it's not that at all. All of them are valid. And so I, I use these as a way of trying to help people understand their differences, to create environments where others can flourish, to be able to adjust their behavior when they need to. I mean, just because you take the Myers-Briggs and it ends up that you're an ENTJ doesn't mean that you can just excuse your behavior and say, yeah, I just told everybody what to do and I expect you to do it, and if you don't do it, I'm going to fire you, and it's okay because I'm an ENTJ. Uh, no. I mean, you, you, you have to adjust your behavior to the circumstances and understand when that arsenal you have is needed and good and be ready with it, but also to be able to adjust your behaviors. You know, I'm, I'm an ENTJ, but I like the fact that a lot of times people have to stop and say, really? You know, because I've tried to adjust my behavior to circumstances, understanding that not every place you step into needs general patent, Right? Which that's, you know, he's sort of the typical, typified ENTJ. And, but you give me the right circumstances and you just put me in a circumstance where I just get to step in and be who I am. Buddy, I am taking charge, you know, and, and we're going to we're going to go over the Rhine and we're going to beat everybody, you know. Um, and, you know, there, but, you know, if I'm working with an INFJ, though, I think, mm, OK, no, I've, I've, I've got to adjust. And they'll have to do some adjusting, too, because you, you cannot not be who you are, right? But on the other hand, there are times you have to make adjustments. So I say all of that to indicate that that's a bit of the background of this presentation. Very quickly, let's go to page one. 
Principles of team diversity. I'm gonna, man, I'm gonna run through these. Uh, again, this is one of those presentations I normally take three, four hours and I'm trying to squeeze a lot into 45 minutes. So here we go. God has given each person a unique cluster of behavioral characteristics that equip him or her for different tasks. Now we know from the standpoint biblically of differences in spiritual gifts, which is, is indicative of differences in orientations and preferences and tendencies. Differences in perception, differences in motivation. And these differences are by God's design. And number three, that God uses different people with different styles and different ways to build his church. I mean, you had the Apostle Peter, who, you know, if I were, if I were to use this styles, I, I realize that, you know, they didn't take these profiles, but if I were to use this styles and try to look at the major apostolic figures in the New Testament, you've got Peter, who's very high eye, expressive, outgoing, Sometimes, you know, speaks before he thinks. And, uh, you know, and then you've got the Apostle Paul, who on the other hand is probably a high C, secondary D, uh, who's very meticulous in his writing, uh, very careful about his interpretation of the law, but at the same time is doggedly determined to do whatever needs to be done for the mission and nothing will deter him. That's a CD. Then you've got Barnabas, who's probably an S, sweet, kind, sensitive, servant, but probably also a combination I, somebody who's very, very people-oriented. And, and then you've got James, the pillar of the church, probably a C, conscientious, cautious, careful uh, in his way. And if you ever want to watch a movie that just portrays all of that all at once, look at the old movie. You'd have to go to Amazon Prime probably to get it. Peter and Paul. I mean, it's an old movie. It's old enough that Anthony Hopkins plays Paul and he looks young. Okay, so, I mean, it's that old. And go to the segment of that movie that portrays the Jerusalem conference from Acts chapter 15 and seeing those personality types interact with each other and to realize that God used these different people in different ways and in different times and for different purposes. And you needed someone like Luke to write Luke-Acts, Right? And, and you needed someone like James to write James. You needed someone like Paul to write Romans. And, and, and you needed someone like Paul to deal with the Corinthian situation and to be able to write what needed to be written, but then at the same time to go there and say, look, if I have to use the rod, I will. I prefer not to. I really don't want to. I'd rather come in, in quietness. I, it, it's really not my orientation to come to you. But I am a prophet of the Lord, and you need to pay attention to that. Strong words, right? But, but he needed to do that. And, you know, it's hard for me to imagine Peter being willing to do that, or Barnabas being willing, all right? But Paul... He doesn't flinch because, as he said before, it really doesn't matter to me what you think about me. I mean, to read 1 Corinthians chapter 4, I mean, he says it in different language, but that's sort of what he said. I could care less about how you judge me in the human court of opinion. I'm here to please God. And if that pleases you, that's fine. But if it doesn't, then that's okay, too. Well, I, I realize you probably don't want your local preacher to say that, but I do tell my students sometimes that at least internally, they need to get to the point to where they can say to their church, I love you, but I don't need you. Okay? Because the mission, Scripture, the authority of the text, is higher than individual needs and wants. 
So, and then number four, just real quickly, these differences also shape how we contribute to relationships and what we need from our relationships, right? When people with differing gifts and behavioral styles serve together, it's common for conflict to occur. Clashes can also occur between people of similar profiles. I mean, if you put two high D's on the same staff, you're going to have to establish completely separate turfs where each of them is somewhat independent and gets to do their own thing without a lot of interference. And whoever is the lead person in that needs to recognize that whatever feelings or beliefs he has about authority are an illusion with his partner, okay? (laughs) They've got to find that. They've got to find that jihad with each other to where they give each other a lot of freedom under the agreed-upon a covenantal sort of a you know environment that that they have accepted. That's not to say that each of them doesn't have the responsibility to be submissive to the others. It's just to say if you want to create an environment where those two high D's can flourish, give them a lot of territory, give them a lot of space that's just theirs to where they don't have to deal with a lot of red tape, and they're in charge, and it, and it's their space. Otherwise, you're going to end up having some conflict because even though they're the same style, it's going to be difficult for them. And if you put two high eyes together, you have to understand that they're going to have a great time together getting not a whole lot done, right? Um, because you know, there's not enough task orientation in there for those two people to be able to move forward toward a particular goal. They need probably someone in that team who's going to push them, right? But that whoever pushes them is going to need to push them with a smile on their face and with a lot of fun and to make it feel good. Or the eyes will say, this is not fun. All right? You can put two S's together and the S's will be fine and they'll probably not only work well together, they'll like to go to lunch together and maybe even vacation together. You know, but on the whole, they prefer to respond to others' directions. On the whole, that's not to say it's always that way, but on the whole... That's sort of the way they are because they, they're generally submissive, you know. And it's like, involve me in helping to set the direction. I'm, I want a say, but once it's set, you can count on me to get it done. And if you will be kind in the way that you interact with me, we can make a lot of progress together. You know, you could put two C's together, right? But if, if you do... <laughs> You have to understand that those two C's are going to spend a long, long, long time dotting the I's and crossing the T's. And if the I's and the T's, if the I's are not dotted correctly and the T's are not crossed correctly, then they will spend a lot of time sitting there saying, this is just really dumb. Whoever put this together uh, wasn't really competent. And I'm not sure really whether I want to do this and, you know, But if they've got others surrounding them who can be that impetus and take them to that next level, the C's are the ones you need to be making sure that technically things are done extremely well. You know, as I tell people all the time, and I know I'm using disc, you'll understand why here in just a moment. You know, I remember one time I, I, I knew we were going to be flying in a storm. All right. And I thought to myself then. Who, I had just done a disc training that weekend, was flying back, okay, it was stormy weather, and I thought to myself, who would I want flying this jet tonight? 
You know, a D pilot would get there and say, Ah, oh, man, we went through worse than this in NAM. Strap in, boys. Here we go. You know, and he's going to improvise along the way. <laughs> the C pilot, on the other hand, has studied the weather from start to finish. He's been in interaction with the tower. Uh, you know, he's, he's watching for that very careful moment when there's going to be the break. And then he realizes... You know, I've got this amount of time to get the plane up. If I can get the plane up, then I've got a good route that I can go. I want the sea flying my jet then, right? So it, it takes all types. It takes all types. Uh, understanding and anticipating these conflicts, number six, aids in resolution, strengthens relationship, and enhances teamwork. But unfortunately, differences in behavioral style can often become barriers to our extending love and acceptance to one another. We forget that most often people do not do what they do against others, but for themselves. It's just who they are, right? And, and when, when you do some kind of team building with this kind of thing, it helps you to see that. It helps you to see that when the, the, you know, the predominantly S group of people is slow to accept the change, they're, they're not doing that against the ones who are trying to put forward the change. They're doing it because they have a lot of concerns about how the change is going to work out, particularly about how the change is going to work out for many of the people whom they love. And that, that's, a, that's a real concern to them. And they're also concerned about the cost versus the benefit. Of the change. And, and, and given the fact that the vast majority of a typical membership of a church is going to be predominantly S, then a D elder who may be pushing for a particular change just simply has to understand that, that psychological satisfaction for those persons and process satisfaction for those S persons out in the group matters a whole lot more to them than the end product. And the D's thinking, well, what about the decision do you disagree with? I mean, this is a, this is a good decision. This is a good direction. We've got a great plan. Uh, what about it do you disagree with? And the S culture may be looking there and saying, it's not that we disagree with what you're doing, but we're concerned about the way you're doing it and the way people are being treated as you're doing it. You, watch, you seeing that there? Knowing that helps. I mean, it helps a lot. To be able to do that. And when these kinds of profiles can help you have an objective basis for being able to say that and understand that D, when they were doing what they were doing, they weren't doing it against anyone. It's just that's who they are. For them, that's the way the world works. That's the way it works. You set goals, daring goals. You put together plans to achieve them and then you move. It's post haste. Get it done. You know, the mission of Christ has got to get accomplished. We've been dilly-dallying around for decades now. It's time. Time to move. And the S's are sitting there saying, okay, I understand, and I want to move with you, but let's move with more sensitivity. And everybody's being who they are. And it's not like who one is versus the other is better or worse. It's just the way God made us. And it is through the interaction of these different types that better good comes out for everyone. Now, number eight, identifying and understanding 
this diversity helps people learn how to cooperate instead of struggling with ineffective communication and stalemates and decision-making and mission activation. And team building helps these team members understand self and others and appreciate their similarities and differences and learn strategies to work together more effectively. Now, some principles underneath that. Uh, let me go to number two there. There are no better or worse profiles in team building instruments. Each person has individual strengths, weaknesses, and areas in which growth is needed. So it's not, these are not means of labeling. These are means of understanding. Number three, these team building instruments measure normal behavior. They're not clinical psychological tests that reveal abnormal or pathological behavior. That's not what these are. These are not that class of instrument. This is not like MMPI or 16PF. MMPI is the Minnesota Multiphasic Personality Inventory, and you've got the 16PF and some of these others. And they are designed alongside psychiatric interviewing and that kind of thing to be able to do some assessment of mental illness or difficulties, some kind of pathology that could be there. But these don't measure that at all. I mean, you, they, they, you just can't go there. In fact, I, I had a, it was a group called me once on a consult where, on DISC, where they were wanting a second opinion, and they just found me on the web. And, and they said, we need a second opinion because we had our DISC consultant, who's been working with us for about a year, showed us this DISC profile and told us that this guy had a particular personality disorder based on DISC. And I said, mm, okay. I didn't want to say it right then because I didn't know that practitioner didn't know what he was looking at. I said, is all he had disc? I said, that's all he had. So I gave him a second opinion, and part of the second opinion was you can't determine from disc whether there's a personality disorder. You need a whole lot more than that. All you can do from disc is look and see that this is a normal behavioral pattern. And I looked at it, and I said, this looks like a pretty healthy pattern based upon the role that you've described. They had described a role, and then they did a role profile analysis to where they felt a person who had this particular disc profile fit better into that role. And I said, looks to me like you have a, a fit, but here are some of the, 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 the difficulties that you could potentially anticipate as this person is interacting with your high C, high D manager and went to it in that way. But one of the things that I was trying to indicate is you don't use these profiles for that purpose. And I really believe that was a kind of misuse, maybe even malpractice, that you've got to be careful about. Um, and number four, they're not means to label. But number five, and this is really important, you're not confined to the way an instrument describes you. God endows every individual with the capacity to change. The instruments merely help you to understand your normal tendencies. And so, on the disc, I'm a D-I-C. All three of those are way above the midline for me. I have no S. None. S is calm, sensitive, um, amiable, quiet, subdued. Um, but, but, but one of the things that's really a hallmark of S's is a very strong sensitivity to people's feelings and that sort of thing. And, I, I, guys, that's just not my world, okay? S is just not my world. I was in ministry for 20 years, full-time, okay? I had to learn S behavior. 
Because when someone comes and sits down with you in a pastoral counseling sort of setting, they don't need D. What's going on with you? Well, I, my, my dog died. I've, my dog has been with me now for 20 years. And when my husband died about 10 years ago, the dog is the only companion that I have had. And well, get over it. Let's move on. Get another dog. Get a cat. Get something. You know, quit whining and crying over the loss of a dog. You know, start dating somebody. You know, do whatever you need to do. But your dog died, you know. It's not that I would do that. I would never come close to doing that. And as a D, I don't think I would be thinking that even. But it would not be uncommon for a D to maybe be thinking a little bit of that. <laughs> Just saying, come on, you know. But no, I can't do that. Just because I'm a D doesn't mean that. I have to go into S behavior, right? And now when I go into S behavior, as I behave that way, my heart changes. I'll just be honest with you. It does. And so I say, I'm really sorry about your dog. Tell me a little bit more about your dog. What do you like the most about it? Well, you know, he was, you know, and let them talk about that. Let them process it. That's grief, and it's real. It's very real grief. Pets matter to people, especially to folks who are lonely. I mean, there's a companionship that, that, that they gain from that. Well, this is another way of my saying you're not confined to your particular behavior. It sort of just lets you know your normal way of interacting, right, and helps you to know when you need to flex, into something different and hopefully gives you the tools to be able to do that flexing. Now, how do you choose the right instrument for team building? Because I, I think that was part of where they wanted me to go with this. Well, of the making of personality instruments, there is no end. I mean, there's just tons of them out there. Each has its own value and purpose. Um, I'm not going to rate them as best or better overall, but we'll offer perspective on the neat contributions of each. And there's a, a spectrum. There's a spectrum that I have there, and the spectrum is from simple and easy to understand and apply to more complex and specialized. So on the left, simple and easy to more complex and specialized as it, as it goes along there. Uh, there's spiritual styles profiles, actually based on some pretty good accumulated wisdom about the way people interact spiritually on things. DISC. Standard. I mean, it, it, it's, it's the beginning place for most team building. If you've not done a team build with your leadership team and you want a profile to just kind of help you understand the, the way that your team is wired and what sort of culture you have, DISC is where to start. If you haven't done DISC, start there. I have people all the time who call me and say, hey, could you come and do the Myers-Briggs with us? And I love the Myers-Briggs. The Myers-Briggs is great. The very back uh, of this handout is something I borrowed from someone and I could not find from whom it was borrowed. But it's not mine. And I just kind of put it in here because it's a great little graph about the Myers-Briggs and how all that works. But Myers-Briggs is really complex. I mean, it's a very complex instrument. And you're either extroverted or introverted, intuitive or sensate, thinking or feeling, judging or perceiving. And it's based upon Jungian, Carl Jung, J-U-N-G, Jungian psychological type by two women, Briggs and Myers, who sort of took that psychological typing and produced a profile. 
And you'll find some psychological purist today who say, oh, it's just, you know, just uh, it's not valid. Don't pay attention to it. And you'll find others who do. I found great use from it. Um, and, and it's good, but it's complex. And the reality is, unless you're really, really devoted to its use, you might walk away from a full weekend with it and still not be able to explain to someone what your style is and what those letters mean. That's been my experience with it. On the other hand, if you've got a group of people who are fairly well-educated with it, I'm, I'm going to be working with a, a, a church where one of my former students from uh, Johnson is the lead minister. It's a church of about 2,000 members up in Owensboro. And the executive minister was the one who called me. And uh, he said, we use the Myers-Briggs because he said, we don't want to overweight our staff with thinkers versus feelers or intuitives versus sensates. We, we just think that's really, really important. And so there you've got a group that's fairly well educated on this sort of thing, and they're careful with it, and they do use the Myers-Briggs to great advantage. Okay, But if you're talking about the typical leadership team that wants something they can use and apply and quickly understand, DISC is it. Now, spiritual styles that I'm going to get to here in just a moment can also be very helpful. But, I, but I've done this little continuum here so that you you can see how that each has its place and has its style but as you get beyond the middle to the right of that continuum then make sure you're really really prepared to go deeply into that instrument and understand its value and you're not going to accomplish that by some guy coming and doing a three-hour work with you you're not even going to be able to unpack these things in a, in a weekend it takes you know, significant presentation, understanding, and usually, honestly, a lot of individual coaching for any of these that are sort of to the middle and to the right for them to make sense. The ones to the left of that, you can get it in a weekend and you can apply it and you can remember it. I mean, it's not hard to remember conflict styles and the team dimensions and disc and so on. But that that's important to remember that each has its value, each has its own contribution, and there's this spectrum. Now, notice what I've said, number four. It's best to have a trained practitioner, even for the simpler. Simple, as on the scale above, doesn't mean necessarily that it's necessarily easy to self-administer and interpret, but that the models themselves, once explained by a seasoned practitioner, are not as complex. Taking a profile without guided interpretation and application is usually disappointing. Um, you, you got something, but it's hard to know how to interpret it and use it. I, I, let me illustrate that. I got a call. I don't get opportunities to do much corporate work at all. It's with churches that I do most of my work. But this was a, a, a corporate office, about 16 folks. And one of the people in the office was an elder at a church where I had done some stuff with the staff. And so he said, I want you to do DISC with our group of 16. I said, great, that's fine. Now, we've already done the disc. We just don't know what to do with it. They had paid $90 per person for an expanded version of everything disc. And they said, well, we don't even know what to do with it. I mean, we have no idea. We're kind of looking at it, but we don't know what to do. We need somebody to walk us through some exercises. And the disappointment that they're going to have is that the, the, the version of disc that they chose is one that usually only corporate trainers and consultants work with and they're going to have to pay, you know, five, six thousand dollars just for, you know, a couple of days. Somebody coming in to unpack it for them, and I didn't have the time, the bandwidth, or the interest 
in doing it. So you see that the disappointment that they're experiencing, they took the profile because somebody said, hey, you need to do this. They probably talked to somebody in another office, you know, another place, another business that did the disc, and they said, well, okay, let's go online, let's find a disc. And you can find it. There's only, oh, there's over 40 vendors of the disc model. The disc model is open source. It's not copyrighted. And so there's over 40 different ways of doing the, the disc, and they found one and did it. And it was disappointing to them. And that's why I say you can take this stuff, but unless you have a, a seasoned practitioner to walk you through and to apply it to whatever it is you're dealing with at the time, because they're best when they're specifically applied. That's where they have great value. Okay. Now, let me briefly go over... And I, can, I think I can do this in five minutes. I got ten minutes left. I got five minutes. It's going to take me to do something else here. But I think I can briefly walk through. It's, it's in writing, and so I mean, it's like it's not like I, you know, you don't be able to go back to it. Spiritual styles, spiritual styles. Uh, some of you may not have even been aware that this was out there. It's based upon a typology that Urban Holmes put together many years ago that uses a lot of really interesting terminology and so on, but Upper Room Ministries over that's connected to the General Board of Discipleship with United Methodists, they've put it together in a spiritual styles inventory to where you are either a sage, a lover, a mystic, or a prophet. Sage, lover, mystic, prophet. Sages are very word-oriented, very content-oriented. Okay? Lovers want to feel spirituality. Mystics, they gotta, they got to experience it, and they're really individually, quietly contemplative. And then you got the prophets who are, you know, constantly pushing the church into social activism, right? And you can see how valuable this could be for your worship team. You think about that. Or let's say that you're about to go through some worship renewal at your church and you've got a group of elders that are sitting there thinking, why do people need this? Why don't we just... Why, why, why do they need those songs that they think are good music when they just, we just need these theologically rich ancient hymns? See, that's a sage responding to a group of lovers and mystics within their church, right? It's a great little profile. I mean, it really is. It's good for spiritual retreats. It's good for a variety of things. But the benefit that it can be within churches is for you to have some sense of why people are experiencing worship assemblies the way they're experiencing them today. The churches of Christ are, by and large, a sage fellowship. Sage meaning that we're very word-oriented. But we've got a lot of feelers out there in our audiences who don't necessarily connect with some of the preaching and the content that is presented within our churches. So that's where spiritual styles can be valuable. Disc profile. I've said enough about that already. There's another one on page four, the team dimensions. Team dimensions is great. I just did it with a group of people that are about to enter into their, what will probably be about a year or a year and a half planning process. And so as a matter of team building, before we got into the planning process, we used the team dimensions profile that helps 
groups understand how each of them on the team responds to change efforts. There are some creators, some advancers, some refiners, some executors, and then you've got some that have enough of a blend of all four that they're flexors. Boy, that can be a really powerful profile. Uh, I have some friends, That's what, this is what they begin with. I begin with DISC, and I've got other friends who begin with Team Dimensions. That's sort of their, uh, their, their default profile. But you can see how easy it is to understand. You see these profiles that we've looked at so far, they're very easy to grasp. Then there's conflict styles to where you are uh, depending. I, I did a conflict education with a group of leaders where they had been through some really significant conflict in their church. They were over it. But they didn't want to go through it again. And if they ever faced similar situations in the future, they wanted to be better equipped. And so they asked me to come and do conflict education, which I love doing. I'm really, I'd prefer to do that sometimes than go in and do an intervention. And one of the things I did with them is conflict styles. And you know what we discovered is that of the seven men on the leadership team, five of them were avoiders. Five. And then you had one competitor, okay, in the group, and you had one collaborator. The competitors and the collaborators were, the competitor and the collaborator were pulling their hair out. And the avoiders were mad at the competitor, you know, because of the way, and well, again, when we did the conflict styles profile, it took the scales off. And they began to see it, it, it really isn't because this person is deficient in their ability to engage stuff, it's just that they're slower to do it. And they would, their experience of life has been such that most conflicts in their lives just go away if they leave them alone. And so they're avoiders. Um, and so being able to walk through that with that group was very, very helpful. Grip Bertman and the Bertman Signature Series. Now we're getting into very complex sort of stuff. And it's a level two, level three. Uh, but if you've ever wanted anything that helped you to understand how to take your spiritual gifts and really move from individual reflection on them and move from I to we together, and then to be able to look at, if you'll see in the middle of the page, page five, your interest, your usual behavior, your needs, and your stress behavior on so many different scales, it's unimaginable. Bertman series is incredible. The Bertman signature series. It is a very complex instrument. You really, in fact, you cannot take Grip Bertman or the Bertman signature uh, unless you take it with a, an accredited practitioner. But there are a number of people within our fellowship who use it and who use it to great advantage. Um, if you are interested in any of this, I'd be happy to work with you. Clifton Strengths Finder. Strengths Finder is my. Is it incredible? Um, and here's where I see the strengths finders being really, really helpful. Strengths looks at 34 different themes and then looks at your individual profile of those 34 themes and particularly your top five signature themes that they call it. For example, my top five signature themes are futuristic, strategic, significance, command, and learner. Those are my top five. Those are my signature themes. Now, what that means is I'm obsessed with the future, and I love to design strategies to get there, 
and to accomplish something significant with a group of people and getting it done. And I usually like to be in charge. And I usually am going to bring more information than you would ever want in the getting of it done. Futuristic significance, uh, strategic significance, command and learner. Well, knowing that over against somebody who is, first off, a developer. Let's say developer is their number one thing. What developer means is they love to take somewhat hard cases of people who aren't functioning at their best and to help them achieve just the next level of ability. Right? Well, that's number 32 on my list of 34. Um, well, putting that together, you see the synergy. There could be, but could, could you also see the potential conflict? There could be. Strengths probably has a stronger research base than just about anything that's being done out there. It's put out by the Gallup organization, and the Gallup organization calls it the Clifton Strengths. Now, you have to have a certified practitioner as you're using it, uh, but it can be very helpful. Myers-Briggs type indicator, I've kind of gone over that a little bit. Enneagram, any of you have heard of the Enneagram lately? Okay, it's, it's increasing in popularity. Enneagram, let me, let me read through this. I've got just enough time to do this because I realize that some of you have probably heard of it but are wondering, what is this? Enneagram, in church circles, this is by far the most popular profile today. There's no question about it. It presents nine Greek ennea, that's the Greek word for nine, enneagram, different lenses on the world, and three subtypes within those nine, totaling 27 type subtypes. There is also a special relationship of each type to two other types, which is represented by the interlocking triangles in the Enneagram image. For example, I would like for you to look at the number three. You see that? Okay. The achiever. I want you to look and you see that the three has a line pointing to the nine, but it also has a line pointing to the six, and then the six pointing back to the nine, and so on. It's because threes typically have this kind of relationship with the nines and the six in their orientation and in their growth path, that that's why there are those interlocking triangles. So sometimes when folks who aren't exposed to the Enneagram look at this, they think, is this something to do with the occult? I mean, this almost looks, you know, no. It's just a graphic that's designed to show the relationship between each type to two other types where there is this kind of symbiotic relationship between them. All right. Now, Enneagram, if you look there below it, is a very powerful psychological instrument and, though doubted by some psychometric professionals, has enjoyed wide use for several decades. The popularity has actually helped as it has motivated several practitioners, primarily those associated with the International Enneagram Association, to refine the validity such that there are now at least three versions that are valid psychological instruments one is the Integrative Enneagram 9, Wagner, and the Riso Hudson. There's also a narrative tradition that uses carefully sequenced interviews to help persons discover their type. One of the most respected practitioners is Helen Palmer, and I've given you the web address for that. Enneagram penetrates deeply into the spiritual and emotional motivations behind one's behavior and suggests helpful growth pathways. It is best in situations where participants are willing to be vulnerable and where there is mutual commitment to sustained communal growth. Ideally, the Enneagram sets one on a long journey of growth, which is why most practitioners want to spend a year or more with it before coaching and teaching with it. 
So I'm still in, I'm still in my phase where I'm spending a lot of time with it. Like most instruments, Enneagram is used by a mix of Orthodox Christian groups, New Age enthusiasts, and secular psychologists. Thus, the reputation of Enneagram in some Christian circles is suspect. However, there are many excellent materials that powerfully reframe and apply Enneagram to one's walk with Christ. The same can be said of Myers-Briggs and DISC as well as others. Now, how do you choose? Real quickly, I've gone over a little bit. Just bear with me. I'm going to go through real quickly what I've got here at the bottom. How do you choose? All right? You do spiritual styles when you want to understand what really drives your preferences for spirituality, worship, and ministry. It's really good. It's really good. And it's, it's shareware. You can, get it on the, you can get it on the web real easily. DISC is the baseline for helping groups understand each other and work effectively. It's the base, in my opinion. Team dimensions, when you're about to embark on a huge project or strategic change. Uh, conflict styles. You are or have been facing a conflict and you want to understand how your orientation is affecting decision-making and mission activation. Leadership grip or grip Berkman, when you want to understand and act upon your best possible contribution to the body and move from I to we. Clifton strengths, when you want to discover and activate your richest treasures of talent and be deeply engaged in a meaningful life calling. That's Clifton strengths. Berkman signature. When you want to probe deeply into your intrinsic interests, needs, strengths, and struggles, especially as it relates to your work situation, because it's a workplace behavioral profile. Myers-Briggs, when you want to understand your innate life orientations that consistently play out in your life. Enneagram, when you want to probe the deep and emotional, spiritual origins of your behavior and chart a path of lifetime purposeful growth. That's where the Enneagram can be helpful. Now, I don't know what you anticipated with this presentation. I think this is kind of what they wanted me to talk about. Hopefully, it's been of some benefit. I know for some of you, you're thinking, I have no idea where to go with this. I understand. Hopefully, if you read through the outline a little more in detail, it'll give you a little more to work with. Okay, thank you, guys, and thank you for indulging me as I went over a little.
everybody we are going to move into about a 40 minute breakout session so you know what group number you are right we know our group numbers so groups one and two meet up here groups three and four in the back five and six up front right in front of this podium seven and eight in the back of the center row Men and women are together. You're, you're staying in your. You're staying in this same discussion. Groups 13, 14, 15, and 16 are in the fellowship hall at different tables. There's group numbers posted right on the walls. What we want you to do. What we want you to do is continue the discussion of the disc. The advantages that you see in knowing what you are and what somebody else might be and how that can help in unity in communication within the congregation and so you've got like I said you've got about 35 minutes to continue the discussion thank you <laughs> 